Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I get the chance to chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. This podcast feed is crushing right now. We've got loads of interviews coming. We covered the Milrose games with the pre-race show and then an emergency podcast with me and Kyle just jumping on the mic after all of the action wrapped up. So the feed is burning hot. A quick thanks to anyone who's taken the time to leave a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. Just last week, we managed to get this running podcast in the top 25 of all sports shows on Spotify in the top 40 of Apple Podcasts. We love giving the listeners a shout out when they leave a review. If you do so, leave your Instagram handle and I'll have a Sidious Mag sticker mailed out to you. The Sidious Cafe shirts are all gone, but I'll come up with some more giveaways soon. If you want your review to be read, leave us a five-star review and let us know why you love this podcast. This week's review comes to us from Cassandra Wass, who wrote, I love this podcast and track and field. My favorite thing about Sidious Mag is knowing there's a whole community of track nerds out there who get just as excited as me about really niche track and field and marathon things. And Sidious Mag brings that community together with their passion for the sport, their insight, inside jokes, top-notch interviews, and of course, their love for track and field. Thank you, Chris and Kyle, and the whole amazing team at Sidious. Keep up the great work. Thanks to Cassandra for those kind words. You nailed our mission. One of the coolest parts of the Milrose Games was hearing from people who said they bought really expensive tickets or traveled down to Orlando for the trials because of our coverage on the podcast or newsletter. I just love it when it converts to getting fans in seats. So share those stories with us as well. My guest for today's episode is Providence Junior Kimberly May, who shocked a lot of people, including herself, with a 427.85 mile at Boston University just a few weeks ago. At the time, it was the number one mark in the NCAA and number eight all time. Since then, Harvard's Maya Ramson, Florida's Flamina Asikol, and Notre Dame's Olivia Marquezic have all run faster. We have some good episodes on this feed with Maya and Olivia from this past fall. The women's mile in the NCAA right now is going absolutely bonkers. After the mile at BU, I realized that there wasn't a whole lot out there about Kimberly May, so I reached out and wanted to learn more. She's got personal best of 204 for the 800 and 854 for 3K. She'll be one to watch at the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships next month. And much like Maya Ramson, she's also a New Zealand 1500-meter star on the rise. So without further ado, here is Kimberly May. All right, Kimberly, it's been a couple days since BU, uh, and the emotions hopefully have subsided, or are we still on cloud nine after that 427 uh, at the BU track this weekend? I'm still definitely on cloud nine, but it's definitely coming down. I'm back into training, so and school, so everything just feels back to normal. Providence school record. Number one time in the NCA this season, number seven all time in NCA history. Was that sort of 
the shock that came over you as you were approaching with like, you know, 20 meters to go and you got a glimpse of that clock, your facial expression was just epic. And this isn't the first time. We'll talk a little bit more about, about that, but the finish line photos from this weekend were epic. So for you, was that just pure raw emotion coming over you? Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking afterwards. I was like, oh, no, there's definitely going to be photos of that. But um, honestly, I just had no idea. I didn't look at the clock at all in the race. So cut that straight was the first time I got an idea of what it was. And I had no idea. I knew our school record was 4.30, but I didn't know um, that it was top 10 all time. So 10 second personal best. I mean, were there any workouts in the lead up to this that told you a time like this would have been possible or like in your head, like what kind of shape did you think you were in going into this weekend? I honestly, I had no idea. I wanted to get a nationals time. So I knew that would take like 4.32 or under. At this point, I don't know what's going to make it. It's looking really fast. So I did think I wanted to try break. I thought 4.30 or under, um, I was hoping if I had a good day, but I definitely didn't think 4.27. When, when did you realize, I guess, like how fast it was? Because like, I guess there is a sequence of photos and at some point, like you do start in a way like pointing yeah. at the clock. Before the line. I don't know what, I wasn't even finished. I was like, I need to get across this line. Um, yeah, honestly, it's, the photos, I feel like it's a timeline of when I realized. It, it's like without the pointing and the shock, maybe it was a 425. Who knows? Like, we'll, we'll just kind of have to leave that hanging out there. But for you in the past month or so, you've run three races and it's been three PBs in the 800, the 3K, and now the mile. What's going well right now, I guess, in training and everything? I think just consistency and just doing everything my coach is giving me. I just trust anything he says. So I'll just do anything. I also got to go home for a while for a Christmas break, which I think just really helps me reset. And it was summer, so it was really nice to when I guess if it's snowing here, I got to do all my workouts outside. So I got a really good um, training period in when I was at home and it was really hot, which was hard, but I think that will help me. So I was doing some research ahead of this podcast because, you know, after a big performance like this, you know, we got a couple of requests in our DMs. It's like, oh, you have to have her on. Like, these photos are awesome. We need to know more about her. And I was Googling around, and there really wasn't all that much out there about you. And you've been running track for quite some time. I even did the thing where it's like I spelled your first name, Kimberly, the other way, the more common, I think, way. Oh, and yeah. not it, not <laughs> there wasn't that many more results either. So I guess for us, give us a little bit of backstory of just like, your own history with athletics and first off, and then ultimately how did you end up going from New Zealand, 9,000 miles to end up in Providence? Yeah, I've always run, like I've run for a while. Um, I just was never really like, I just did it for fun really. Um, and then I did start taking it seriously when I realized I could go to America. Cause I feel like that's a really common pathway for New Zealand athletes to go to the NCAA. So um, when I realized that I tried really hard and um, just before COVID I got, I ran some times and I was like, okay, I hope this will be enough. And then in COVID, like we were in lockdown and that's when I first talked to Providence. Um, 
And New Zealand has a really rich like pass with Providence. Like we've got a lot of athletes. So I think that was my big one. And I always wanted to go to Providence. I didn't talk to many schools. It was mainly just Providence. With the history, I guess, of Kim Smith, like Laura Nagel, Emily Sisson, Molly Huddle, like it's not just it even I guess for America, there's a lot of girls who look at Providence's programs like, oh, the history is there. Those first couple conversations with Coach Ray Tracy, I guess, like how did they go? And I guess what really what were you looking to buy into when it came to choosing Providence? Honestly, I think the first conversation I had with him, I my parents were on the Zoom call. And I got off and they said, you're going to Providence. Like, it was like my parents, I obviously wanted to, but my thing was, I was just like, I hope that he will want me to go. Um, honestly, I wish there was more to, I think we called like twice and then I signed. And I could, I didn't come visit. I fully just went in with no idea. Wow. But then for you, I guess, like uh, along the way, you've also run, I guess, at the junior level, what made it click, I guess, that for you, you decided to buy into track and field at such a young age? I honestly, I'm not sure. I think my family, we, my parents, like we love athletics. I had a lot of friends in athletics. So it was just like a fun source for me. And then I really, I just wanted to branch out and leave New Zealand. And I think that's what really drove me to like try to get to America. And then when you get here, I guess, is there sort of a little bit of like that cultural shock? You do happen to have a couple New Zealand teammates as well. So yeah, that my helps. Roommate, yeah, my roommate's um, Kiwi, so that's handy. But um, yeah, it was a definitely uh, culture shock. Like my first year, I definitely did struggle. It's obviously hard leaving. And I think I, I came here when I was like 18. So it was hard. But I think you just grow so much. Like I'm a different person to when I arrived now. And I think that also comes to it. Like now I feel like I'm fully settled in to living here. So like, I feel like that also helps running as well because I'm not dealing with other things. So this time around, I guess like we've seen last year, you made the semifinals of the, of the 1500 at NCAAs, didn't make the final. That was your first time kind of getting to that stage you've had like a pretty solid just sort of progression just over your three years at Providence, but what were the big learnings and takeaways from last year? I think just having confidence within what was going on. I think last year was just great. Like I'd always like during like my freshman year, I was like, all I ever want to do is make outdoor nationals. And then when I got there, I was like, I'm here, like, and I was so scared. I've never, like, it was the scariest moment of my life. But I think just learning that to take everything as an opportunity, like, I think one thing I've learned um, this year is just I want to take things as opportunities, like, not be so scared. Like, I look at things just as, like, it's so cool that I got to be in the race. Because when I was going into that mile, um, it was my first time ever being in, like, an A race. And for the 3K, too, I'd never really been in an A race. And instead of just freaking out, I was just like, this is such a cool opportunity. Like I get to run with these girls. So instead of being freaking out, I'm just looking at it. It's like, I just get to try something new and see how it goes. See that that's interesting to me because one of the biggest races of your career at Providence came last year at the Penn Relays. And people would say like, that is a really big stage. And like, it's going up against some of the other best college teams. It's a relay. What made that sort of different that, you thrived and you succeeded there. I mean, the anchor was incredible that then 
the stage of the NCAA championships was totally different and the nerves did come over you. I think it was naivety. Like, I didn't realize anything going on there. And I think then going into nationals, I was a bit more aware of everything. And I got really into just like seeing what everyone was doing when at Penn, I had no idea. And I also think having my team, like I was just, I had all of them with me. So it just felt, yeah, it was way less different. So now that you've gone through sort of NCAA championships on the track once, like, is there anything that you would have told yourself? Like, all right, remove yourself as like a third party. What would you have told yourself like before you went in to check in to get your bib and like get into kind of, you know, the wherever they keep you guys before the race? Like, what would you, would have been that last thing you would have told yourself that maybe would have helped you make the final? to just enjoy it and it's not the end of the world like I wish I just could have embraced the moment more and got to just take it all in I don't think so yeah I would have just told myself just enjoy it that's good to hear because like you know I think for so many people like I think we have to normalize nerves like yeah you see the awesome big performances and moments but some of those people do get nervous so these times out, I guess, at BU, this indoor season, when you ran that 3K, I mean, like you were up against the likes of Maya Ramsden and Olivia Markezich. So in that one, was it just sort of less pressure, kind of knowing like, this is just a early time qualifier? Like, what? Wh how did you approach that race that hopefully is leading to some of these bigger moments this indoor season? Yeah, I definitely... I we kind of like looked at it with my coach and we were like, this is basically nationals at this point. Like that 3k, I was like every person, obviously there were even people missing. I was like, Oh my gosh. But I think going into that race, I just come off a really disappointing, um, my cross country nationals. So I was scared to race because I didn't want it to go bad again, but I think I needed it for my confidence. And I think a big thing is just to like put a bad race behind you. So I just wanted to go on this 3k and I, I had no idea. I just read, like, I didn't care. I know I cared a lot, but I just, yeah, I put no pressure on myself because I've just been trying to learn to have fun with it. I was going to bring up cross country because you've done it, you know, even in New Zealand, like at the junior level, has that always been a thing? I guess that you reap the benefits of when afterwards you do decide to step on the track, because I guess this past cross country season, you ran really well at Nuttycomb, Big East, Regionals. We don't have to talk about NCAAs. But leading up to it, like, those are the signs that ultimately, okay, when people do go from cross-country season and then run that immediate race at BU, they find success because of what they did in cross-country. Are you one of those athletes that needs that cross-country season then to do well on the track? Yeah, I definitely think cross-country. Um, I think it just builds such a good base. And it's such a fun season to be with your team um so i think it's really important especially for providence like they, we're definitely like we love cross country and because we're a pretty strength-based program so i do feel like cross country is really important in charlottesville i guess like tell us how a miler felt on one that course was challenging so take me through your race you just kind of rolled your eyes a little bit <laughs> sorry i know no, you're good I, I it's run. honest i love it I had run Virginia pre the first race. It was our first race. And you did season. well. Yeah. And I loved the course then. Oh my gosh. I loved it. And then going to nationals, I'm not sure. It was hard. Like I had run Stillwater the year before 
and I was really happy with that performance and I really enjoyed that course but nationals is just a different breed like nationals cross country it's insane I I was sprinting my first K I, I was just like oh my gosh and I think when I realized I think our first K was like somewhat close to probably what I ran like for my 3k close enough anyway so it's just crazy the presenting sponsor of the Sidious Mac podcast is Olipop. You know we've been pounding Olipop for over a year now. 2023 was a track season to remember, and Sidious Mag was able to be there for all of the big moments thanks to the incredible support of Olipop. What has become known as the runner's soda isn't just a great companion for pregame shows or post-race shows, or if you're just watching at home and want to crack a can of Olipop open yourself, it's good for you too. It's a prebiotic soda with 9 grams of fiber, which is 32% of your daily needs, that only has 2 to 5 grams of sugar and helps your digestive health in a way that a threshold workout never could. We love it because there are 15 incredible flavors that will keep your body refreshed and ready to go for the next workout. My current favorite is Lemon Lime. Caitlin Tui's number one flavor is Ginger Lemon. There are other great flavors like Vintage Cola, Tropical Punch, Orange Squeeze, Cherry Vanilla, and I'm hearing rumors of another one coming soon. Sidious Mag podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders by using code Sidious25 at checkout at drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and... Most recently, they just got added to Costco, so pro tip there. Next time you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. For you, I guess, growing up in New Zealand, you and Maya are not that far apart like in terms of age. Were you aware, I guess, of... I know she traveled a lot and... and but were you aware kind of like of the success that she was having? Yeah. Um, obviously, we didn't get to race a lot heaps because she did travel. But I just heard she would come home to our nationals and destroy everyone. And I was like, who is this girl? But I love Maya. And I think it's so cool to have her and be from New Zealand as well. Because I always love to see her at the meets. And she is doing so good. So it's really inspiring. And I think it's so good for New Zealand athletics for the college system too. So hopefully it's inspiring people. Yeah, I guess like for the people who may not be as familiar, what you were really drawn to the NCAA system, I guess, how early does sort of that appeal start? Just like that awareness, like, oh, the NCAA is an opportunity to one, go to school in America, but two, try and explore like this sport for as far as you can. So, you know, if that wasn't there, what is what was the other path you could have taken? I have no idea. I always think about that. I don't, honestly, I don't think I'd be running if I stayed in New Zealand. There's just not as many opportunities as there are in America. And obviously we get to live such a cool life being student athletes that we just aren't supported like that back home. Um, but there is becoming groups like Laura Nagel. She's building up a really good program in New Zealand right now with running back home, which is really cool. But just at the time when I was there, there was just nothing, no, nothing really going on. What was that cultural shock? I guess we talked a little bit about it kind of arriving as a freshman, but your first winter must have been brutal. Oh my gosh, it was And I, I couldn't go home because um, of COVID and I'd never seen, I'd never been in snow before. So it was shocking. And I spent my Christmas in New York with my roommate and it was crazy. <laughs> 
So for you, there's been multiple times now, I, I get that it's a long way to go home, but this past summer, even before the cross country season, I think I saw it somewhere that like you chose not to go home and you just spent the summer training up in Providence. Yeah, I like to, I just choose to go home just for the Christmas time. And then because it's summer, so I feel like that's great training. And then I like to stay in Providence for summer because it's winter back home, which in the winter isn't necessarily bad, but I just like to stay in a lot of my teams here. And I just think for me, it's a really good training block and to stay in school. And I like to do some summer classes just to make it easier throughout the year. And yeah. The team culture at Providence, how would you best describe it? And like, what do you think is your role on the team as a junior? Like, are you one of the leaders or like, how does, how does what's the team structure like under coach Ray Tracy? It's fun. I think we are a lot of internationals, like, I think we don't have many Americans at all. I think we, on our cross country team, we went to nationals with one American. So we're very, like, we have every country probably you really can think of, which is fun. Um, but I also think it's really cool because we all are just so much there for each other because we know what we all have, like, um, what's the word? Like, we know what each other are going through. So we kind of have a really good bond with that. And to be fair, I, find it crazy you said I'm a junior because I just feel like there's so many older people with COVID like we have so many fifth years that I just feel like I'm still a child on the team what did you do I guess like during COVID, I guess during COVID were you already at Providence everyone kind of makes a big deal about like that was the year everyone got really fit there weren't that many races but in particular I guess for you how did that year how did you use that year for your athletic development yeah well for like the big COVID I was in New Zealand Okay. I'd signed, but I was in New Zealand because when I came, I kind of just missed COVID, um, but I, I still had to wear masks, but I didn't really get to miss out on any races. So I got really lucky with that. It was just, I couldn't fly home, which was hard. How was, wasn't lockdown in New Zealand, like kind of crazy? Yeah, it was, we couldn't leave. <laughs> How did you train through that? Or did you not? I did train, but honestly, not really. I had just run, I remember I... I had just run 432, like two days before we went into lockdown, 1500. And I was like, this is it. Like that's, I'd run a massive PB and I was like, I was just so thankful. I got that time to like send to coaches that I was. And then when I talked to Ray, I kind of was like, oh, I don't need to keep training, but I did try, but it was just hard. Okay. That's so interesting. So then when it comes to actual training, this is something that people may be a bit more geeky about here. Cause it's like, you could go two sides of the coin. It could be Parker Valby running three days a week and on, you know, cross training like a maniac for so much of it, or you can, you know, have higher mileage or whatever it is. What is sort of your training like that ultimately led to like this weekend? I would say I'm like definitely a strength-based miler. I run like every day. I don't do any cross training. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm probably higher, higher mileage, um, but I just really enjoy it. I, it was a really slow progression like when I, before I came to province, I hardly did anything real I ran, but just not to what I'm doing now. And then even when I was freshman year, like it's been a slow build up. So what's your favorite kind of workout to do? I guess Ray drives, uh, Ray, Ray draws them up, but what is your sort of bread and butter? Oh, I love, I love workouts. Um, I'm not a fan of tempo, so I'd probably do like 600s. We, I do love a good 600 workout. I would love to do some speed, but we don't really do 200s because <laughs> I used to do all like my workouts before I came was all speed. And then I came here and it's all strength based. So it was a bit of an adjustment. 
What was the hard, what was the fastest you ever closed? I guess for a four hundred. Going into pain, we did a four hundred workout, and I closed at a sixty one. I don't even know if that's. I'm sure people have gone a lot faster. <laughs> so for for you, I guess, what is the rest of this? Was there any workout before this one in particular that gave you confidence, or like I guess specific, like without? revealing too many of Ray's secrets or whatever it might be? Uh, I, honestly, I don't know because I had been at home for so long and I did all the training by myself and all the workouts and I would text Ray after every workout, just tell him what it was and he'd be like, good job. But I just, I had no idea. I was so scared because I was like, I don't, I think these workouts are going well, but I don't know if they're actually going well. Uh -huh. um, so honestly, I had no idea. I just trusted Ray, I, one thing I do love about Ray is I know he won't tell me a time that he does, like he will be honest. So whatever he tells me, I trust that to like go into a race knowing that he said this. So I love how fresh you are to like kind of all of it that you just sort of like you're probably like one of the more coachable athletes. Like he just tells you what to do and you go out and execute a race plan. What are those kind of final moments like before you get into like? All right, let's keep using this weekend as an example. Your final conversation with Ray before you go out there. What are those instructions and then how do you how do you feel? I felt good. There wasn't too much of a plan because you just never know what's gonna happen in these races. He just told me uh like an eight hundred time and he just also said we just wanna like try close fast. But um the one thing funny he did say was Obviously, like, don't get too nervous, but also you want to feel nerves because that obviously the adrenaline. But honestly, yeah, there wasn't too much of a race plan. Just he told me the times and I just tried to execute. I like that because then sometimes you just make of it what, what what you can. So then for you, I guess, looking ahead, what's the rest of the indoor season look like for you? Because you do have options now, I guess, with this 3K time and the mile, you know, potentially looking down the road to NCAAs. I think we're definitely going to try to do DMR. We've got that coming up in, I think, three weeks. Um, so that would be really cool. I really hope we can get to nationals for the DMR and then conference and hopefully nationals. Big East, like, I see, I went to Marquette, so, like, it holds a soft spot in, yeah. in my heart. But for you, I guess, like, do you look at those as kind of – and it's, it's not the – it used to be – really good but it's not like the most difficult sort of competition so how do you approach you know the biggest championships to set yourself up for ncas yeah i um it's hard because we've got georgetown which really do that's right they, they're still in got, it. like melissa and chloe scrimmager so it's great to have them there because then it is it's not just like you're not going to go and be like this is going to be easy because they're going to be there which is really handy and obviously then I even have like my own teammates that make it fast so I think last year I ran for outdoors instead of the 15 I did the 800 just to try get some practice in for like because we knew regionals it's got to work on your kick so we did the 800 which I was so scared because the 800 freaks me out but I know that there was a reason for it to lead up to you just ran a really solid 800, 204 indoor or just overall PB. So, like, it's it's coming along. Yeah. No, I, I do like it. It just scares me. I don't know what it is. They're just so scary. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, not 
you don't have that much time to make it like all that tactical, which that is the beauty of the 1500 and the mile. It, and then at some point it does feel like an all out sprint. So the 800 is uh, a scary event, but then I guess now looking ahead, even beyond that, it's hard when we're talking in January to think of like what June may be like having experienced last year's NCAA championships and then having this success this early on in the year, like the outdoor championships will be on the horizon before we know it. And for you, how do these races set you up so that you can quell those nerves when it comes to the outdoor season so that you're not, maybe not as panicked, you know, at the championships, like, is that maybe one of the big takeaways along the way? Yeah, definitely. I think it would just help me just every race, just more experience to go in. And even now I've just finding, I'm just having so much more fun with running. And I just really, I love running now, which is just, it makes it so much better if you're enjoying what you do. Can you define what the fun is in, in running? Because for a lot of people, it's like, that's, it's hard when you're out in the cold and you're, you know, doing a tempo run or a workout or whatever it is that like somehow that when, when you're with teammates, that can be fun. But for you, what defines the fun in running? The atmosphere and just everything around running. I love the culture of running. And I think being in the NCAA, it's, like crazy like when you go to BU it was like so loud like when you're watching these races they're just the atmosphere around and also just teammates like I just love having them around no I love that all right the final questions that I've been asking every guest what's and this is gonna be that might be a hard one for you what's your favorite race you've ever run is it this weekend is it pen relays is it uh yeah I guess like do you have one that really stands out as your favorite I loved Penn. That was the coolest. And doing that with my teammates, just, I would have to say Penn. That was really cool. All right. And then if you could go back and rerun any race of your career, one that maybe didn't go as well as you would hope, which one would it be and why? NCAA cross country in Virginia. I, I wish I could rerun that race every day. Um. Next one, and I think final one is, I guess, no, no, the next one is, uh, what's the best piece of advice any coach has ever given you? I would say to not take the lows too low and the highs too high. Obviously, embrace the highs and enjoy what just happened. But, you know, you've just got to, at one point, you've got to put it aside and the next race is on the horizon. You've got to get back to training and life. And then with the lows, you can't just dwell on it and make it your whole life. you just got to, like, accept that it happened and just move on. And obviously I think that for me, I experienced that towards the end of cross country and then just putting it to the side and then moving on to the 3K, I think was really helpful. My coach to just be like, no, we're doing this 3K because you know you're fit, just do it. That's some good advice. That's Ray, right? It's coming from Ray? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the final one is, what are you most excited about in this year you know, 2024 being a big Olympic year. I mean, even for you, what does that path look like? I, I'm obviously in America, we've got the trials and everything like that, but not to get too far ahead of it. I mean, you're going to be coming up in conversations for people for the, for the Kiwi team. Yeah. I've never thought of that. Like it's pretty crazy. Um, I obviously my main goal in life is like Olympics world champs and even Commonwealth games. So I'm not sure about 
this year but I know next year there's world champs and stuff so it's definitely something I want to look into and start planning races and make a plan to try achieve those goals so aside from the games what are you most excited about in 2024 racing and I think just the NCAA in general I not to be biased but I think right now the miles like being like the girls I actually cannot believe it and I think it's just so fun and obviously having Shannon she just ran 430 and being my teammate I think it's just so fun that we can train and hopefully go to all these races together and I just am excited to see what the NCAA is gonna produce right now yeah it's crazy because if you look at like the times people ran this weekend like it would have won however many national championships and then all at the same time like the time it took to get in last year wouldn't even make it in or whatever it is like there's just, just so many crazy stats from how fast people are running are you like if this time holds up from this weekend are you ready to go into like the NCAA championships with like the number one time like that puts a tiny degree of a target on your back but it is cool for your confidence too yeah obviously we'll have to I feel like there's a lot more races to go but I think just going in I'm just not going to think about it I think the race um, worked out in my favor that day but no one can like no one's going to be able to predict what's going to happen in Boston so I think going into Boston I will just have to know and talk to Ray and we'll know what like fitness I'm in and just have to try execute love it well Kimberly I appreciate you taking the time for this and I'm sure the whole world is going to learn just so much more about you as this <laughs> success continues and uh i'm wishing you the best of luck in, in training as you know the ncaa championships are a couple weeks away but you've got plenty on your plate before that so thanks thanks again for doing this thank you so much thank you all for listening to this episode this episode was produced by jasmine fair i love doing this for you guys so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts or spotify that helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.